The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Ready to learn to be a mass marketing mastermind? Take some notes from the godfathers of mass distribution. You're about to get schooled on how to be inboxed. You've got, you've got, you've got, you've got mail. Our hosts will show you how to deliver on email marketing strategies without going postal. Welcome the hosts of Inboxed, the click father of email, Kevin DiVincenzi, and the original Fab Fondy, Fab Fondy J, John Fondy. Hey, and once again, welcome to the March 3rd edition of Inbox Radio. I am the Big Fabu, John Fondi. We've got a great show planned for you. For those of you that uh, joined us last week, of course, we were broadcasting from the uh, palatial suite at the Mirage at Lead, uh, at LeadCon, and uh, that, was a, that was a great show. And Brasco, one of the things you kind of mentioned before is that we're really kind of getting out there and getting some great guests on the show, and it really uh, kind of makes it a little more interesting for those people that are kind of listening in, so I appreciate those comments. How was your week, Ben? Well, very good. Um, could always do more. Just um, conquering females left and right and just trying to... Um, one that I'm trying to conquer in particular, and it's just like it takes forever because I don't want to spend that much money, and it takes too long. Too many dates. That's all. So just, well, start, yeah, just start shopping at McDonald's. be a lot easier for you there, Brasco. <sighs> cheap, cheap dates. I mean, the cheap wine doesn't help as, much either. As one of our master affiliates says, low-hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, and of course, you are listening. He sits, he sits of course, outside to the, the, uh, the Palms uh, Hotel at three o'clock in the morning. I go, "What are you doing?" He goes, oh, "I just wait for the girls to come out. It's all hanging fruit." <laughs> so uh, there you go. And I think I talked over you. There, of course, you're listening to the Click Father, Kevin DiVincenzi. Kevin, uh, welcome to the show. How's your week been? Oh, it's been good, John. It's been very good, actually. Uh, after I left Leeds Con, I went out to the. Uh, Another EDU summit out in uh, Phoenix and spent the weekend in Phoenix. Uh, went to go see the Click Father, the horse to Click Father, and a few other of the uh, ponies that we own down at the uh, Turf Paradise Racetrack. And, uh, you know, met with some of our, our, uh, our new clients that we signed, as you know, last week. So uh, we had a great time. It was a good, uh, good time. Now back at work yeah. as usual. Yeah, kind of an interesting thing, of course, uh, weather getting to be real nice there in Arizona and stuff. And then you'll actually take those horses and, and you'll move them as it starts getting hot out there. Where, where's the next destination for them? Next will be uh, Santa Anita Racetrack in California. So they'll just move uh, not too far from Phoenix over to Santa Anita. Um, you know, the only difference is that the purses are a little bit bigger, meaning the money that we can earn per, uh, for each race is uh, a little bit larger. And, but obviously the upkeep's a lot more as well. So... Um, but it'll be fun. We had a uh, horse race yesterday, Roman to Xenon, which uh, finished fourth. And then we've got another one called Naga Hyde uh, racing on Saturday. So, uh, you know, and then five babies that will be racing very, very shortly within the next two months. So a lot of exciting stuff with the horsies. Well, it is. In fact, uh, speaking of Santa Anita, um, I happen to have done the, uh, the, the, the I, I was the MC of the birthday party for one of the most famous jockeys that rode out of Santa Anita. Can you guess who that jockey was? Shoemaker? Absolutely correct, yes. How did I know? There you go. <laughs> He's got, he had a split. Now, now if you say Kevin named 10 jockeys, I'd probably be hard-pressed, but, you know, the, <laughs> the most famous ones I know. Yeah, that's true. Of course, he has passed on into uh, into jockey heaven and stuff like that. So, but he he was a really good guy. Absolutely, I heard he was a very charitable gentleman as well. 
absolutely was. And that, speaking of charitable, of course, uh, we've got a great show that's planned for you. Of course, Executive Chef Andrew Taylor is still on vacation. But this week, we are really excited. This, we're going to have a nice conversation, of course, with the president of Shop at Home. We're talking about Mark Bronstein. And we're going to talk a little bit more as we kind of continue this uh, this fervor that's going on about the affiliate tax and uh, and uh, really high accolades for Mark's involvement you know, from the Performance Marketing Association and how they had a, a really a great victory that took place in Denver here shortly. We're going to talk to Mark a little bit about, about his shop at home network, uh, uh, some of the things that have taken place with him in the past, and of course where he sees this, uh, see, sees where all of this is going to go. And of course, I'm really excited to have a, 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 a consummate professional. She's probably one of the most uh, decorated writers. And uh, I read an article that she wrote in B2B magazine. It was an it was an article called Email for Life. And I, I really liked it so much that I gave her a call and, and she agreed to come on the show. But she writes for Kevin, gosh, probably 10, 11 different publications. And, and she, she's amazingly diverse in the different things that she can write about. So I'm excited to, to have her on. And I don't know if Bennett's going to nose around here, but maybe he'll drop in and talk about us a little, a little bit awesome. as, as well. But um, but anyway, we got, so we got a great show, Kevin, and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, LeedsCon and some of the fun that we had there as well. And sure. you're going to talk a little bit of, uh, later on in the show about the big Apple smackdown on Google and, and the boys as well. So that's uh, got some great information and a great show coming up. Definitely. And so, hey, and Brasco, I just want to tell you, my chat isn't working, so I'll be, and I want to be, before I introduced her, I was wondering if you do have, if you have Karen uh, on the line. Trying to reach on the line now, getting voicemail. Okay, so uh, I know that she was going to call in just about now, so I'm going to go to her right in the beginning because she does have a conference call that's, uh, that's coming in. Uh, here uh, right after that she was coming back for another meeting and stuff so as soon as uh, as, as as since I have no communication to just uh, other than you can you can communicate with me on Skype uh, yep. that in fact that's let's let's you and I do that on Skype that way I'll know kind of when you've got her and stuff so Kevin we had a great show at LeedsCon uh, last week right here in our own backyard in in Las Vegas um, totally different uh, different crowd at that show it, it was you know a lot of these lead um Lead summits and smaller conferences are very cool because you've got a diverse group of people that normally don't make it out to the bigger ad techs and uh, sh- you know shows of that magnitude and uh, you know very laid back. Some uh, I-, I didn't get the uh, pleasure of going to the panels, but I heard there was some really really good uh, information in regards to the uh, uh, speak the speakers that were speaking there as well as this weekend. Uh, Al Gore was a keynote, and I didn't see that, but somebody here at the company did. They also. Uh, Came to Phoenix with me and said it was absolutely great. It's a great, uh, very informative. So, you know, good, uh, good stuff. I mean, uh, the, the more people get educated into what we do and what ad networks do, uh, the better. You know, so that's where you get the the big brands aren't afraid to to jump in. Well, okay, I've got a, I've got a question for and this is this question goes out to every, anybody in the network, so you can. Uh, Take note of this, Brasco. Of course, uh, last week we were able to give away a couple of inbox tats and want to do the same thing. And so our question that we have the day of the Super Bowl ads, the, the top 10 brands that were out there, what were the top, uh, what were the top three brands that were, uh, uh, that were highlighted in the Super Bowl? And we're talking about, of course, ad recall. We're talking about appeal likability. Uh, we're talking about paid media and earned media as well. So, Kevin, what do you think the top the top three uh, uh, commercials were in the Super Bowl? Uh, top three, Budweiser did not. 
trying to, you know, this year for once I actually didn't pay attention to, to many of the commercials only because I paid attention to the hype beforehand, but uh, I was watching the game with about a thousand other people at the Palms, so I didn't really, uh, you know, pay attention to uh, to the commercials just because it was so loud. Um, it's a really good question. Uh, I would I would imagine Denny's probably, uh, and they play, played three commercials from what I heard, but their free Grand Slam breakfast probably is one of them. Um, the other one with the Florida quarterback and his mom. That'd I can't Tim think of his name offhand. Yeah. And I, can, I can't even recall a third. Um... Okay, well, I'll, I'll let everybody kind of chime in a little bit. If you just joined us to the show uh, for the first time, you can go to inboxedradio.com, and we have, a, we have a chat room there, and you can uh, check in with that chat room and give your answers there, or you, of course, can go to... Um, you can, uh, of course, go to inboxedradio.com and uh, go into our chat room, or you can go to webmasterradio.fm, and there's a chat room there, and Brasco will update that chat room from time to time as well. So, um, so you'll be able to uh, take a look at that as well. So, anyway, nevertheless, uh, Inbox Radio uh, is what we're talking about, and, and uh, what do you think? What do you think the answer to that question is, Brasco? Uh, the top, uh, the top three commercials that were on the Super Bowl. First one I'm going to say is the Audi commercial about the green cars, the green police. Okay, good that was one. That's great. Good I want to say um, the Snickers commercial with Betty White and Abe Vigoda. Uh-huh. <coughs> wow, somebody was paying attention. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. What, there's one other one. Um, oh, any of the Bud Light commercials. Oh, yeah. oh, we got a couple of answers. I don't want to give it away, but we got a couple of answers in the chat so far. I don't want to go ahead and mention anything yet, so. Okay, good. good. Little, uh, just before we cut uh, cut to break or come back from our next uh, our next session, um, I'm a little I'm a little concerned that we haven't we, we haven't found Karen there. So I know that you're working on it there, and you've got that number to, to give her a call. I know she was out and was going to pop into her office. Uh, so uh, just let me know when when she comes on there and stuff. Um, has Mark called back in by any chance? Well, no, we already have Karen. I, I, yeah, Karen is on the line with us. Oh, she oh. is okay. That would be uh, that would be informative if you let me know that. It's hey, in the Karen, sky. I don't know Come if you, <laughs> Karen, I don't know if you had heard my uh, my introduction of you, but I'm really so pleased to uh, to have gotten to know you. I got to know you really quite well as a writer. I had a chance to uh, to look at a lot of the a lot of the things that that you had written, and uh, you're you're very very diverse. And of course, talking about. Uh, um, an article that you wrote in B2B Magazine, and it's called uh, Email for Life, and of course we're talking with uh, Karen Bannon. Did I, did I pronounce your name correctly? That's right, Karen Bannon. Okay, because I, I had kind of the urge to go into the Bannon type of thing, but I pulled, pulled out the last second there. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. I don't know if you heard, uh, heard this week's trivia question, but uh, what do you think the top three Super Bowl ads were? I don't know because I'm probably one of the few Americans that didn't watch the Super Bowl. I, I did catch a couple of the commercials. I'm thinking it was probably, was it was the Sock Monkey one? one of the, was that a Super Bowl commercial? Uh, it was, in fact. It got a lot of controversy because they ended up in Las Vegas. And you know how anti-gaming in, in Vegas the, 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 the NFL was. So that got a lot of controversy. Yes, that, and that was probably one of my favorites as well. I think the, the great the thing I liked was when he was getting the stitched on tattoo when he was in when he was in Vegas. Yep. That was my favorite part. 
And so, but uh, hey, anyway, hey, again, I have to tell you, you you really have got a diverse uh, dichotomy of different styles and genres that you write in. You're all over the place. How long have you been writing? I've been a journalist since '94, and I was I started on staff as an editorial assistant in a, at a small tech um, trade publication, and so I started out as a, a tech writer, and then sort of expanded into interactive advertising, and uh, started writing for the women's magazines about technology, and just sort of expanded from there. How do you get? How do you get your knowledge? Do you do a lot of research, or do you call on a lot of professionals and the uh, and industry experts? I I think a little of both. I mean, any journalist is going to be doing a lot of interviews, and I definitely have relied on some wonderful experts. Whether I'm writing about email marketing or I'm writing about, you know green or I'm writing about kids' health, but then, um, you know, I, I also follow the beat. I mean, especially for email marketing, I've been writing for B2B now for about eight or nine years, so I should hope I know a little bit something about email marketing at this point. Well, on the line with us, of course, is the Click Father, uh, Kevin DiVincenzi, and uh, he um, is the CEO of XY7.com, and they're an advertising network, and so we're going to talk about advertising networks a little bit. But, but Kevin, she wrote an article called Email for Life, Tips on How to Use Email to Connect with Customers Throughout the Sales Cycle and Beyond. So take us through that article just a little bit for those that didn't catch that in B2B, Karen. Sure. So, I mean, basically, if you, it's it sort of launched out of um, an Experian marketing report that came out that said, you know, basically, people who had, had abandoned shopping carts had 20 times the transaction rates and revenue per email. Um, those who, if you, marketers who marketed to people who had abandoned their their shopping carts had saw 20 times the transaction rates. So um, it's actually called the remarketing report. So it sort of looked at how email marketers were sort of missing out on, you know, most people just think of the buying cycle as sort of like looking and purchasing. Um, there, you know, and there are a lot more, um, there's a lot more to the cycle than just sort of like the acquisition and, and the purchase phase. So um, we looked at all of the different ways that you can market to people depending on their stage that they're at. And you, you talked a little bit about also, uh, you know, getting customers back that had, had opted out of the programs and stuff as well, too. And any techniques for that? You know, I, I think the, the biggest thing was getting people not to opt out. So to really work on retention emails to keep customers on board and to also you really work on upselling and cross-selling because, you know, everyone in marketing knows the easiest dollar is the one that you're squeezing out of your current customer. So, um, you know, I mean, one of the things that I talked about was sending out emails to remind people that, you know, their licenses are about to expire or that maybe a new product launch is coming out, um, you know, asking your current customers to become your salespeople, um, you know, letting them forward to a friend, but, it's, you know, really actionable information. I think a, a lot of marketers sometimes err on the side of sales, so they're, they're selling too much and they're not providing information that can actually help the, the end user or the customer actually do their job because that's really why people open emails is to make their own lives easier and, and to make themselves look good at work. Sure, and in your article, you say that Mike Hotz uh, or Hotz, a senior st uh, strategic consultant, responses 
He says use a progressive profiling system. He says don't assume too much. Let the customer set the tone and the pace. Kevin, you guys do a, a lot of uh, profiling and the things that you do to determine, uh, uh, you know, the type of customer you're going to get. Um, any suggestions for uh, for our listening audience in that department? Well, you know, John, I just did uh, some more consulting work for uh, for one of our clients that we've had for quite some time, uh, a casual gaming site yesterday. Um, and they, they sent a tech guy in, actually, that, uh, that happens to be a professor here at UNLV for Internet Marketing. Um, with his subject lines and with his, uh, his next seven uh, emails he was sending out in the series to, to existing players. And, I, I mean, I looked at it. And, you know, many of the basic principles of, of marketing aren't even followed because people think, well, I'm just going to throw in an ad and say, you know, win an HDTV and, you know, and, and not personalize the email and not tell people how they get to log in and, and um, what it takes and what times are available and all these different things. And, I mean, I just, you know, I tore these ads to shreds, basically, um, but I guarantee you his response rate is going to be, you know, five to ten times what it was. Um, you know, you have to read it that way. You know, and I looked at the the, the competition, and they, you know, hands down had it already. They were, uh, they they had the personalization in there. I was engaged. I was able to uh, see exactly what they were saying. Um, that's the biggest thing is not just to think like, oh, well, I've got an email address. Okay, let me let me market to it, or it's one of my customers, and I have the email. Let me send this blast out. But how it actually reads, and if it's easy, you know, the the grandmother test. If your grandmother can read it and understand it, um, I think it's very important. Now, a lot of people don't take the time to really test to test subjects, to test for to test content, and to see their their interactive rate, or if they test, they'll test a, a small segment of, oh, let's see what the biggest open is. Well, the biggest open's great, but what about your, uh, your CTR after that to your actual site, and what about your conversion and testing it all the way through? There's uh, many great tools out there, just people have to be able to use them, and, uh, you know, and that's, uh, that's what a lot of people still, still to this day, which baffles me, aren't doing. You know, they're just blasting away. You know, Kevin, sure. I thought this week, this week um, I'm writing about, uh, about A-B testing. It's going to be in Thursday's um, issue of Email Marketer Insight. And awesome. one of the things I thought was pretty interesting was that um, the expert I spoke to said that you really shouldn't do too much testing in terms of the subject line, that if you do too much testing, that people start to lose familiarity and they don't recognize your email. So when you're testing that subject line, make sure that there's always a constant. So, you know, that you're not changing the name of your newsletter or that, you know, sure. it's always going to be, you know, something familiar. Oh, definitely. And if if it's if it's a member, you know, you could you could uh, put their screen name in there or put their first name in the subject. Um, but as long as your from name anyway is the same, you're not changing that. It's just making it interesting. Um, you know, if, if I got an email with an HTTV, I'd be like, great. It's like every other email I get. It's potentially a one field submit offer. It's some you know something that I'm not interested in. Um, but if it, you know, if it said something like, you know, free tournament starting to win an HDTV in the next hour, something that's a little bit more compelling, I'll, I'll probably open it up. Um, and then if the, the body is congruent with that, um, you know, I may click all the way through to the site. Um, that, that's really, you know, I'm not saying to, to change everything. You can definitely have some constants, and then when they open the email, of course, your header and your foot is always the same. You could definitely do that, but see the actual content that, uh, that people aren't, uh, aren't testing. And it doesn't take much testing. I mean, you could, you could take small batches. If your list was even 20,000, you took small batches of 50 or 100. I mean, it doesn't take long. You know, the thing that I've learned even buying social media is it, it's not, you know, I get guys to buy social media and test, you know, $1,000 at a time to test, and I've had people... 
and even people that I'm ashamed to say were on a show that said it takes ten thousand dollars to test a Facebook campaign. It's not that case that that case at all. Um, it's a very small amount of traffic because it's going to pretty much stay consistent. That will that will answer that. So the same thing with email. If it's a twenty thousand list, you could probably test fifty or hundred respondents for each and get enough of a result to know that okay, this is going to perform two, three, four, five, eight times better than uh, than the other subject. Excellent. Hey, uh, Karen is going to have to leave. She's got a, a huge okay. conference call that she's going to do in just a few minutes. Any closing thoughts, Karen? Uh, no, th I, I appreciate you having me on, and, and um, it's so funny. I, I, one of the, the tips that I had gotten for this Thursday's column uh, basically had to do with sort of the frequency of testing and the length of testing. I was just curious um, what Kevin thought in terms of how long you should actually do testing, because I, I had heard from my expert that you, know, you should at least do, if you're a monthly email newsletter, that you should do at least three cycles of testing. So I was just curious. Maybe for for my story, how how long you know how many how many cycles of testing do you think you should do? You know, I, I think, Karen, that's going to depend upon uh, what your message is. I mean, in the, in the case of uh, the, the uh, gentleman I was consulting with yesterday, um, they're, they're launching a series of seven emails and pretty frequent, um, so they, they, they don't have the luxury of time to be able to really test. So they've got to pretty much do a bare bones, get their subject right, their, their body right, and then their, their login um you know, the CTR correct pretty quickly, so it would probably only be one cycle. Um, if it's a monthly newsletter, you could probably go through two or three cycles. I would, I would agree with that advice. Okay. Well, well thanks great. again for having me on. I look forward Karen, to having you, so you on again. Um, we've got a couple of questions in the queue that we'll take when we come back from the break. And, of course, we've got Mark Bronstein. He's the president of Shop and Home. I'm going to talk a little about what's been taking place here uh, with regard to the affiliate tax. So I want you to stick around. You're listening to the Inbox Radio Show. I'm the big fabu, John Font, and this is the February, I should say, the March 3rd edition of Inbox Radio. We'll be right back right after this very short break. Time to flood some more inboxes. Inbox will return after this. XYZ in the affiliate market. Are you an affiliate? If yes, yo, pay me. No if, as, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up is a flash. Quickly convert the clicks into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Cause this what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agreed that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking. Keep it coming with state of the art tracking. Ready to start? You can do it a couple ways. 866XY7Page. It's toll free. Tell me what you're waiting on. So log on to XY7.com. AFCON 2010, the trade show that you know where affiliates always attend for free, makes its way to Denver, June 21st through 23rd. Register today at AFFCOM2010.com. AFCON 2010 is different from those other affiliate trade shows designed for the affiliate manager, where you can pay up to $1,500 just on a single registration. That's why AFCON 2010 offers you an alternative, a show that's free for affiliates, not to mention over 80% of our attendees are affiliates. AFCON 2010 brings you a wide range of sessions, essential for significant affiliate marketing achievement. Plus, we are proud to be working with Search Engine Strategies to present an additional day of all new Search Engine Marketing sessions and tracks. Add unbeatable nighttime networking capped off by WebmasterRadio.fm's annual affiliate bash, and you have the complete affiliate trade show experience for free. Join the thousands in the affiliate marketing community that are making the switch to AFCON 2010. 
The Trade Show. That's free for all affiliates. June 21st through 23rd in Denver. Register today at AFFCOM2010.com. That's AFFCOM2010.com. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Catch us Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the search engine optimization channel only on webmasterradio.fm. You're back with the Godfathers of Mass Distribution on Inbox, only on webmasterradio.fm. And once again, welcome back to Inbox Radio. I'm the big fat boo, John Fondy, hosting the show along with my uh, esteemed radio broadcast partner, the click father, Kevin DiVincenzi. And we uh, just got off the phone with Karen Bannon, who's a, a writer for B2B Magazine. And uh, we talked about uh, the last article that she had, which was called Email for Life. Before we bring uh, in Mark Bronstein here, um, I want to remind you to go ahead and write those questions in, and uh, in the chat box, you can go to webmasterradio.fm, and there's a chat room there, and Brasco will be fielding those, as well as you can go to inboxradio.com. Uh, we have a chat room there. And I'm happy to bring uh, onto the show right now a gentleman who's the co-founder, along with his wife, Claudia, of Belcaro Group. Now, they're a 23-year-old direct response company, and talk about evolution. They really have have, have really evolved from the largest paper-based catalog of catalog into the largest site on the web, and it's called shopathome.com. They offer more than 100,000 online coupons at more than 20,000 merchants. And about 31 million people have shopped through this shopathome.com, so quite a success. But, you know, you get to know the man behind what takes place, and, of course, um, he enjoys the outdoors. He lives in Colorado, produces his own music, and holds a B.A. in biochemistry from the University of Rochester and an M.B.A. from Wharton School the University of Pennsylvania, of course, I'm talking, of course, about Mustang. Mark, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us today. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you, John. You know, I, I, I talk to so many people on a weekly and a monthly basis. I really have, have started to, to really uh, find some absolutely fabulous people that are out there. And as the show's taking on its uh, a life of its own, the topics seem to fall together. And uh, so uh, so I'm really glad to, to have you on. I don't know if you listened to the beginning of the show, but uh, our trivia question here for the first part of our show, and uh, Mark, you can chime in on this, is what were the top three Super Bowl brand ads, the top, the top three brands that we saw in the Super Bowl this year. What do you think? I'm going to have to be with Karen. I, did, I missed the Super Bowl. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> wow. Now, did you miss it on purpose? Not a football fan or just, uh, uh, no, you just I, had something else to do? I, I, I actually watched the fourth quarter, but, uh, y- you know, it. Uh, oh uh, I, I, I wasn't watching closely enough for the commercial. That's my time to get a sandwich. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, it, it's it, it's. Surprising, we on the advertising side of it, we watch the game for the commercials, other people do other things, but hey, the top uh, three ads, and this was based, based on paid media and earned media with, a, with a, a, a differentiation of, of course, ad recall, ad appeal, likability, sponsorships, in-program placements, and of course, total paid time that was in there. The top number one advertisement was Budweiser. So what is, and I know that you mentioned that a little bit, Brasco. The number two was Doritos. I don't think any of us brought that one up. And of course, yeah, the Anthony one that... actually uh, aimed it to me. He was trying to bail me out, but I saw it too late. Uh, Doritos and uh, number three is Coke, right? 
Number three was Denny's. You hit that one on the on the head, Kev. Ah, uh, Denny's. Okay, there you go. Yes. And, and one of our the, people in the chat room, by the way, John, did mention Doritos. Keep your hands off. Uh, that one of our pet chatters did make that uh, give that answer. Okay, great. Make sure you get that information to me, and of course that uh, you'll be winning an inbox hat. We're actually getting some new ones printed up. Hey, Mark, you'll be surprised. Out of the top ten, uh, Dockers was number four. I didn't even see a Dockers commercial when I was watching it. Uh, the Snickers one with Betty White was number five. Uh, Google had a had a big presence uh, this year uh, in the Super Bowl. A lot of uh, a lot of a lot of talk of how how many people really liked what they did with that. Coke was number seven. Uh, Bridgestone Tires uh, was eight. E-Trade, you know, the t little talking baby that was talking about the yep. milkaholic. That was in there. And uh, 10, this is a wild one, Emerald Nuts. I, didn't, I don't even remember Emerald being in there, Kev. I don't either. Then again, keep in mind, John, we got there late, so we were crouched in that little corner. So uh, Plus, uh, if you remember, our TV was inverted. <laughs> That's right. Our TV was backwards. We were behind <laughs> <laughs> so we got to actually watch the Super Bowl backwards. No wonder I didn't recall many commercials. Well, you know, talking about fights that are going on, fight for the airwave and stuff, there's a big fight that's going on, of course, uh, with a topic that's called ad tax. And, Mark, you uh, really got involved in that pretty heavily. Uh, you know, let's tell us a little bit about why you decided to, to kind of get involved, particularly being in the business that you're in. Um, well, maybe a, a bit of background first. Uh, the uh, affiliate tax, also called as the Amazon tax, is really a, uh, an attempt to get the uh, Amazons of the world, the retail Amazon overstock, etc., to collect and remit uh, sales tax to the state of Colorado or to the appropriate sales uh, entity uh, in other states. Uh, in our case, um, this really surfaced in December, uh, and it was a fast-track uh, deal to try to get this through the, uh, the state legislature. Um, the, the key motivator here is that all states, including Colorado, have a terrible, terrible budget deficit, and all the state's legislators are being uh, elected by local folks that have brick-and-mortar stores and are very concerned about that. So when you understand their perspective, they're sitting there going, I've got a big budget deficit. My local brick-and-mortar stores are screaming because Amazon is killing them. Uh, there's a real reason to try to tax uh, the Amazons of the world. Uh, we got involved because in order to tax Amazon, you've got to be able to show that Amazon or Overstock has something called Nexus or presence in the state. Uh, the proposed bill uh, in December basically said that because Overstock and Amazon and retailers like it have affiliates, affiliates are resellers like ourselves, uh, would then uh, create nexus or physical presence, and therefore they would have to collect tax, sales tax, and remit it, on all of their sales in the state. Very serious issue. 
Absolutely, sir. It's not only just uh, there in Colorado, but uh, already taking effect. Uh, you know, back where it was, where it came into play back in the New York area. And uh, you know, I, I guess the re the reason sort of everybody's up in arms, and you have to start. In, in no area is too small. I mean, you take an area like Colorado, uh, and it and it gets past there, and then it starts to snowball. And really appreciate you uh, you getting involved. What, you know, what was it like being involved? You know, right down in the trenches from the very beginning, talking with many legislators, many of the legislators and lawmakers that probably didn't even know what they were talking about. Well, I got to tell you, first, um, it was a team, a great team of people, and. Uh, um, we had the PMA, the Performance Marketing Association, uh, Rebecca Madigan, in town. She did a great job. We had um, many, many affiliates, large and small, uh, that were involved. We had several merchants that were involved, Amazon, Liberty Media, etc. There were uh, four different lobbyists. Uh, a major uh, affiliate network at Perio was involved. And the thing that was so neat was that we came together as a team, really crafted a strategy, and then attempted to implement that strategy. And if you've ever been involved in uh, any sort of politics, you, you kind of scratch your head and go, what the heck is going on? This is such a clear-cut case of a bad law that's going to be enacted. Uh, and yet you have to recognize that there's a procedure uh, generally along party lines and that party lines that really dominate uh, what happens in, in a particular legislation. So it was great fun. Um, met a lot of very interesting people. Uh, and the bottom line is that at the end of the entire process, we were able to look back on it and say, well, the state of Colorado had a major victory. That major victory is we dodged a bullet in the state of Colorado. That would have been very, very bad for the state, it would have been obviously bad for our industry, uh, and we were able to communicate that to the legislators. We were able to communicate that to the governor directly, and uh, the process worked. So you kind of scratch your head and said, "Hmm, that's cool. It worked." Well, and really, it's kind of surprising uh, with uh, the, you know people are voting with their feet in, in the New York, New Jersey area. Mark, they uh, they're, they're, they they seem to tax everything that moves there. And what is happening is is it's, they are moving. They're actually moving out of those communities and stuff. And you would think that other states would maybe look at that a little bit and realize that the more you tax businesses and business arrangements, you're really cutting off the lifeblood of a community. And uh, and maybe they saw a little bit of that, or maybe you brought some of that out to, to enlighten them in that fact. Well, you know, we were able to, you know, I, I personally testified as well as a lady named Janine Crooks, who's a, somebody else you should have on your show at some point, a uh, smaller affiliate. But we testified before the uh, House Appropriations Committee in, uh, in, in Colorado. And we, uh, that appropriation committee is where this bill had to pass. And there's seven members on that appropriation, appropriations committee, four Democrats, three Republicans, and our job was to convince one Democrat that uh, this is a bad bill. So what we did is we, you know, we, of course, lobbied personally. And then at the testimony itself, I was able to quote um, the state of Rhode Island treasurer. Now, Rhode Island is, the, is one of the states, as well, as well as North Carolina, as well as New York, that have already implemented this. And the state of Rhode Island treasurer basically said we've got to get rid of this bill because it's killing our state. 
And I thought, this is such a slam dunk type of a sell. How can you, how can you miss that? This, the Rhode Island treasurer is saying, don't go down our path. And I gave a very passionate testimony. And at the end of the day, they said, Mr. Bronstein, you've really done a great job talking to us. We really appreciate it. But we're passing our bill on a four to three Democratic to Republican vote. And that was the end of the story when it kept going up the line. It was party politics as being led by the head uh, of the Democratic Party. So it was really very interesting that uh, even though we gave passionate testimony, we were unable to overturn that very firm partisan effort until we were able to convince the leaders that this was a bad bill. Um, so, Kevin, when you when you think of that taking place, you know we have a eight hundred and sixty thousand dollar deficit uh, that we're trying to overcome here in the state of Nevada. Uh, it makes it pretty easy for these lawmakers, who in many cases don't know don't really know the implication, to reach out and and tax that. Any, have you heard anything about the affiliate tax coming to Nevada? I have not, John. Um so far, I haven't heard anything. But Nevada's pretty tough. I mean, they use tax. You know, I've said this many times. We've been audited three times on use tax. Um, so, I mean, the state of Nevada is very tough on on collecting every bit of sales tax that they can. Um, it used to be when the casinos were doing very well, they didn't uh, pick on everybody as much. But uh, you know, so basically, what happens with us is anything we buy over the internet, we have to pay a tax on the on a state tax level and remit it uh, every quarter to the uh, to the uh, state government. Um, my question, Mark, would be um, how, how um, significant was the PMA in this action? Because I know we had them on the show a couple of months ago, and they said that this was one of their uh, their, their big uh, big initiatives was to, to fight this tax. Were they there, and uh, how, how did they show? Uh, they did a great job. Um, uh, they were kind of the they were not kind of they were the coordinators. So okay. PMA okay. had its okay. own lobbyist. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're members of PMA, and every, I would awesome. encourage everybody awesome. to be a member of PMA. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we uh, had our own lobbyist as well. Uh, there were several lobbyists from Amazon, Liberty Media, uh, etc., and. PMA was kind of the uh, the center. So uh, Rebecca did a great job. She did uh, some wonderful testimony. Um, I uh, I think they're a good organization, and I hope they uh, grow and thrive. Yeah, we certainly will have them on the show again, and uh, and uh, the, you know definitely great advocates of there. Okay, so I've kind of got the final word uh, going out to you, Mark. Before we uh, you know be, be, before we go to commercial break, anything, any advice that for the affiliates, and and basically what all did you learn from this? Um, I would say two things. One is um, it's coming to your state. It's coming to every state. Um, it, it's a very serious situation. And uh, plan on it coming to your state today so that when it does come, you're fairly organized. Join the PMA, and when it does come to your state, uh, be prepared. Um, Know who the decision makers are and how to get to those decision makers. That's tougher than it sounds. Uh, You can lobby as much as you'd like, but if you don't get to the right two or three, and really in, in the case of Colorado, was getting to the governor. If you're not getting to that level, then uh, you may not succeed no matter how passionate and correct your, pay, your case is. 
Well, hey, I def definitely appreciate of course. You went to Wharton. Is that not where uh, Donald Trump went to school as well? Um, might have been. Uh, he was a hairstylist, so I wouldn't have recognized him. Yes. Yeah. Oh, did you say it was before you or after you? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I really don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he did. That's where, where it, uh, it comes from. I want to thank you so much for for being with us. Of course, we're talking with Mark Bronstein, and and really, uh, you know, all the best is to uh, the successes of you and Claudia. You're doing a great job at Shop at Home, and I really appreciate you being on the show. Hey, before you go, we've got another trivia question for you here, and uh, this one is um, they've done a survey on the next video games that people are planning on buying the next. So uh, see if you can tell Tell me the top three video games that people are going to buy. Holy crow, you really got the wrong fella for this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think I would take a pass on it. Uh, I'm, I'm on top of some of the yeah, Facebook no, games. But video games? No. <laughs> hey, Kevin, what do you think? Uh, John, you know, you, when, you, when you ask successful people about things like video games and, uh, you know, TV shows, it, it's very, very tough because, uh, you know, it's like at the uh, 80-20 a few months ago, they said, you know, who watches network TV? And, you know, and one guy put up his hand in the, uh, in the back of the room. Um, don't play much video games. Um, and uh, I know there's one I was at Fry's with a friend of mine, and uh, he had said, oh, this is the hottest one, but I can't even remember what it was, to be honest with you, John. How about Natalie? Is she a video gamer? How about Natalie? Is she a video gamer? Just just the Wii, and it's all like Mario Party. She'll play Mario Party from one through eight. You know, she'll play all the different versions of that. Uh, but that's that's about it. Well, taking that information, you know, we've got to go to our Natalie's room a year and a half ago. The same thing. We're just all so busy. I said, you know, you never turned on your TV, and she never has. I mean, that's you know, in a year and a half, and she has a new TV in her wall. She's never even turned on. Well, she's a special kid. We'll go to our expert, of course. Brasco, what do you think the top three video games players plan to buy uh, next? One I kept seeing on TV was Bayonetta. Uh, there's another one that's on the tip of my tongue I cannot think about right now. Um, I feel like a Furious something. Anthony might know this one. Ah, Battlefield 2 is, being, uh, is an answer in the chat room right now. Okay, good. Okay. All right, well, we'll go ahead now. We've taken up uh, Mark's time. we got some great information. Mark, again, really so glad to see that you stepped out there. That's part of really, uh, you know, uh, you're a successful guy. And as Kevin says, uh, you know, successful people do things that other people wouldn't do. And you really got down the trenches. And we really Bronstein, thank you, of course, right? talking yeah. with Mark Bronstein, the CEO and founder of uh, Belcaro, and, of course, the shop at home.com. Thanks, Mark. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time. Bye -bye. Thanks, Mark. Hey, John, uh, Ken sang Rock Band. Okay, that, that's good. So we're, we're, I'm, keeping, I'm keeping a note of this. Uh, okay. Brasco's got a couple in there another as well, name, too. Another name we have is Modern Warfare, and I think Farmville is just a Facebook thing, but I don't know if it's a video Yeah, well. yeah Farmville is just Facebook. That's what I <laughs> hey, listen, we're going to keep you all in suspense. Uh, we've got uh, uh, segment number two already in the can. It's already locked down the back porch of Funkin' Wagnalls, a magazine in a mayonnaise jar. So uh, we're going to take another short break. When we come back, we've got one question in the inbox queue from John. John, we're going to go ahead and get that question answered for you. So stick with us on them. Of course, talk about the answers to our trivia contest. And uh, then Kevin and I are going to talk a little about what's new in the news. Again, I'm the Big Fabu. You're listening to the Inbox Radio Show. And we'll be right back right after a few commercials. Take it away, Brasco. Okay. 
Time to flood some more inboxes. Inbox will return after this. Do you consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com, has now launched XY7Elite.com, a private invitation-only affiliate program run by super affiliates for super affiliates. Enjoy private tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card, XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events, and the status of being one of the elite publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you've got what it takes to be elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. 702-216-4000. Hi, welcome to the SEO shop. How may I help you? Oh, hi. I'm looking for something for my website. Well, I could slip your website into a sleek web campaign. Hmm, okay. Our professional internet marketing experts can custom tailor your web campaign with our SEO services, and by the time we're finished, your website will have such high organic search rankings that it'll turn the heads off of Google, Yahoo, and Bing. I would love that. SEO-shop.com. The experts in professional internet marketing services. Let us research, plan, execute, and succeed on your web campaign today with SEO-shop.com. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Exploring the latest trends and topics in e-commerce and affiliate marketing. Welcome to Affiliate Wire, presented by RevenueWire.com, an industry-leading think tank offering knowledge and analysis on e-commerce conversion strategies and current issues in affiliate marketing. Affiliate Wire, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. You're back with the Godfathers of Mass Distribution on Inbox. Only on webmasterradio.fm. And welcome back. This is the Big Fabu. I am John Fondi. And of course, uh, we got a great show here on Inbox Radio. If you just joined the show, missed the first portion of the show, you can always go to inboxradio.com. That's inboxradio.com where you can uh, go into our show archives and you can take a look at those show archives. And we've got uh, 34 shows that are up there now. So. Um so you can go ahead and end this. Our show number 35 will be up here in just a couple of days. Thanks to Anthony Alves. We'll be handling the, the dissertation and the implementation of those shows. We appreciate him kind of working the technical side of things for us here um, at xy7.com. And, of course, at Inbox Radio's Palatial Studios here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, before we went to the break, we threw out our second trivia contest. And, of course, if you uh, get this contest right, we'll go ahead and send you an inboxed radio hat looking for the, uh, the top three video games that people are planning to buy next. 
and uh, so we'll get some more input on that. Um, Kevin, it looks like this affiliate tax thing, according to Mark Bronstein of uh, Shop at Home, is something that's just just getting started. Um, I think, uh, and Bennett Kelly, normally who's normally on the show, isn't on today, but he's he's going to keep his his ear to the ground to let us know what's going on there as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, John. I mean, there's always different uh, different challenges happening in this. Uh Ever changing landscape, and it'll be uh, be interesting. You know, some some people have passed, and uh, they've already passed their uh, laws, and we'll see. And I've had certain states too. I can't recall offhand. I think Iowa or somebody uh, a couple months ago, or a couple weeks ago, actually, it was Michigan, uh, send me a uh, a letter as well in the mail saying that they've established an excess, and we need to start collecting remitting tax for them. So we'll see what happens. It'll it'll be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Hey, Kevin, some things going on, uh, you know, across in sort of uh, in our business news as well. Uh, an article that Gavin Dunway uh, wrote that uh, came out today, uh, basically uh, the headline saying Apple smacks HTC to strike Google. Uh, it starts off by saying Apple whipped out its patent portfolio and said HTC was in violation of 20 patents, and a suit was filed not only with the U.S. District Court in Delaware, but also the U.S. International Trade Commission. That sounds kind of serious. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I have a, uh, as you know, a Google Nexus uh, as an extra phone. I think uh, Ken just dropped it in your office, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And I also have an HTC Touch Pro. So, I mean, I've got uh, two of HTC's very popular models. The uh, Touch Pro is nothing like an iPhone. The Nexus is very much uh, uh, like an iPhone. I mean, it was, you know, very easy to use. It's great touch features. Actually, it's probably better than an iPhone, in my opinion. So I think what they uh, what they did is, you know, when they saw that phone, said, wow, this is really some uh, some strict competition. Um, and I guess they feel they're being copied. And, I mean, I can understand that if, that's tr- if they truly have the patent and uh, HTC, who is the manufacturer of both those models in regards to the HTC Pro and the uh, or Touch Pro, and the um, and the Nexus, you know, they're just trying to, uh, you know, trying to protect themselves, you know. Um, and I know that the uh, what is it? It's the uh, the ITC. Um, they can't reward damages, but they can, which is the International Trade Commission. But they can um, block imports, which would be very interesting because that means these phones may be banned uh, from being imported into the U.S., which would be really interesting. Because I haven't seen sales figures, but as far as I know, the Nexus never really took off. Like uh, I haven't seen that much about it. Like wow, that you know, there's been this mass adaption. Um, I just happened to see a banner on TechCrunch or somewhere, you know, the day before it came out, pre-ordered it because you know that's that's me, right? Buy everything. Um, but uh, I haven't seen, you know, a lot of people even walking around with it. Most people are like, hey, what is that? You know, so yeah, very interesting. Well, yeah, and it goes on in the article to say that uh, as they were kind of talking smack back and forth uh, between Google and HTC, um, the, the, spo- the spokesperson said they're not a party to a lawsuit. He says, however, they stand behind their Android operating system and the partners who helped us develop it. And then Google comes back and whispers in HTC's ear, you're going to eat lightning and you're going to crap thunder. So it says, <laughs> I, interesting situation. What, what, and I'm holding the phone in my hand. And, Kevin, it's, it is amazing how close it is not only to the feel and the touch and the size and um, and the platform of um, of the iPhone I could I could see this taking place does that mean that they'll take the Google phone off of the off of the market uh, I don't know I mean I, I would think that uh, I guess if the ITC ruled against them I mean there's no damages there I would think that they could they could just like I said block the import that would be the only thing um, but I don't know you know I don't know what other recourse they have 
uh, unless they all get super damages for a different uh, a different venue. Um, it's it's you know it's definitely interesting, and obviously they they feel it is a, a legitimate threat, you know, because I mean there's been many phones out there. Matter of fact, you were w- walking around with a iPhone knockoff the other day, John, and you know it doesn't seem like uh, it was pretty close to the iPhone as well. I mean, look, feel, everything. Not this is at least you know designed slightly different. Um, I think only if it's, if it's a, enough of a threat, because that's what I started thinking. Like, could you imagine the uh, resources put into even filing this? You know, even even into going through. You know, it's got to be. You know, having having unfortunately gone through a couple of legal battles in my time. I mean, this could be. You know, definitely a very large undertaking in regards to legal bills just to get it done. And I understand it's all internal legal or whatever, but still, you know, just the the time and effort put into it. So it's it's obviously a serious threat for them. Well, yeah, and as I, you're right, that uh, that uh, knockoff that I had was called a SCI, SCI phone, and had many of the same features. But it, it's as I was using it and sort of getting a feel for it, it just kind of broke. It just kind of stopped working. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, I like I like the way that this Google phone, uh, you know, you know, works, and just in terms of of it. Uh, what are your thoughts, though, Kevin? What's what's the difference between the iPhone and and the Google phone, and and do you like one over the other? Um, yeah, I actually, uh, you know, I, I never wanted to get an iPhone, and then finally my daughter convinced me about uh, two years ago. Oh, you got to try one. You got to get one. Because uh, I heard all these things about how it was crashing and how unstable it was and what have you, and I was, you know, always the guy that walked around with two units. I walked around with a, you know, one phone, both being smartphones, um, one one being a regular phone and another one being just my aim, you know, just to stay on aim constantly. Um, and I found with the iPhone I could do both. And now I mean, you know, virtually with any phone you can do it. Um, I, I like the, uh, the the Nexus just a little bit better uh, because I think it's a little bit more fluid. It, it doesn't crash as frequently as the iPhone. I still got, you know. Uh, I've got to reinstall my apps. I've still got a couple of nuances with the iPhone that I don't have with the uh, Nexus. On the flip side, there's so many more apps for the iPhone. So uh, and I just heard of a new one today, which is called the uh, it's called the Tiger app or the Tiger Tiger Woods app that uh, magically erases your text messages after 30 seconds. So once you send them or once you receive them, it, it makes them magically disappear. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious, and you know, also thought that I'm sure Tiger Woods will be sending a cease and desist for using his name on the, on the app. <laughs> You know, there's good timing for it. Yeah, I was reading uh, today in my research that like, there's a, like 180,000 apps that are out there now. Did you? I should have used that as a trivia question, but could you believe yeah, that? Yeah, there is a, uh, Anthony was just saying there's a, a, a portal or a site, and Anthony, if, uh, well, you are listening, just uh, aim at that site. There's a site that uh, lists a lot of these different manufacturers and a lot of these uh, apps that are out there. Anyway, um, hey, and then, uh, of course, when I was in your office uh, earlier when we were talking about the show, you basically brought up uh, a comment uh, that you had picked up in media post that was, 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 uh, was huge commentary, basically, uh, was kind of the topic of our show, our ad networks in decline. They talk about this all the time, Kevin. I mean, who's, who's right and who's wrong, and who do we believe in a situation like this? Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely... Uh, you- you don't know, but I mean, you just have to look at at, at people's motivation and figure, you know, why, uh, you know, why would they why would they fall unless they felt that uh, they were being infringed upon? Yeah, no, but I'd actually kind of moved on to the article in the media post, the online media daily. Uh, that commentary we were talking about um, says every year someone claims that this year will be the last of the advertising. Oh, sorry, sorry, John. Actually, I was I was reading a name. <laughs> um, 
you know, to speak, speaking on that, John, I mean, every year somebody's right, it's the death of the ad networks, the death of email. I mean, there's always, uh, there's always that, that claim. It was actually a very well-written article, I will give it that. Um, basically, you know, it, it's, the way that, it's the way every industry matures. So it's maturing now, and a lot of the smaller networks have fallen by the wayside, and people that uh, are giving no value to their clients uh, are disappearing. So I absolutely 1,000% agree with that. Um, you know, uh, on the uh, on the other hand, I, I think that the the true networks that know what they're doing, focus on their clients, provide customer service, provide good quality traffic. Um, you know, they're, they're not going to uh, they're not going to die by the wayside at all. I mean, the performance model is still a very strong model and will be for you know for a long, long time. Um, so I, I I don't think that that's going to happen. It's just a natural maturing of a market and uh, thinning out of you know the, uh, the the weak players in the field. That's all it is. Great. And uh, Kevin, if you'll send me uh, uh, the, uh, that article, I'll post that up on the site so people can take, take a look at it as well. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, we've got a question in the uh, inbox live chat queue. This one comes from John. And Kevin, I'm going to throw it out there and see if we can, see if we can get an answer on it. It says, what are the differences of appending demographic data to existing bulk data versus mailing to a CPL-type offer and generating your own demo details. John, you went in and out, so if you could actually repeat that one more time because I only got half of it. It says, uh, John, uh, who's in our inbox chat room, says, what are the performance differences of appending demographic data to existing bulk data versus uh, mailing to a CPL-type offer and generating your own demo details? Um more of a demographic i mean that's a, that's a very tough question to answer because um you know it all comes down to data so the, the the original bulk data that you have the quality of that data is very important to to appending it because if it's uh if you're getting sweepstakes data or a very low data set and when i say low i'm talking about the quality of it and people that are already you know from an, from a co-reg list that are being mailed 20 times a day already I don't care how much appending you're doing, it's going to be very tough to reach that consumer because you're, you're sharing a crowded uh, inbox or a crowded bulk box. Um, so I, I think that, you know, if, I know a lot of people think, oh, well, appending, 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 great. Uh, let, me, let me go out and append social profiles to my email list. The, the origination data has to be, um, you know, it has to be from a good source to start with. Um, and I think that's the thing. So if it's your own data that you have from your old lead generation, that obviously is going to be much better data because, A, you're going to know where it came from. B, you're going to know what type of data it is um, and what people people respond to. I mean, that would be great data as a, as a baseline to start appending. I definitely wouldn't append, and I hope I'm answering your question properly, um, I definitely wouldn't append, uh, you know, just regular bulk data. I think it's just it's a waste of time. I mean, you know, be, being a, an emailer for several years now, you know, over a decade, um, it's uh, it, it's garbage in, garbage out. So I mean, when you pick up garbage data, you might as well you know buy your data on a CD on eBay. Um, you, you need to to get good data, and then if you want to start uh, start segmenting and then start appending, then I would append in very small set, in very small uh, groups and test it out that way, and then see what your value is. Um, you know, you don't want to give any any. Uh, too much merit to any one thing. I mean, the, you know, the idea is being a smart marketer because it comes down to what I said earlier. You know, when I consulted with our client yesterday, um, you could still have the best list in the world. If your ad copy isn't there and your subject isn't there, you're not going to get the return either. So it's, it's, a, it's a plethora of different, uh, different things that all, all make, you know, 
put the recipe together to make the great uh, the great meal. So I would uh, I would look at all the different aspects and not focus just on one. Okay, great. I got some hot offers uh, that are up on the Inbox uh, Radio. Go to inboxradio.com. You can see the hot offers of the week that are up there, so you can get involved in those. And of course, get in touch with uh, Sydney, and she'll make sure that she gets you in touch with the appropriate affiliate manager. Hey, our trivia question. We're going to go ahead and call that out right now. So uh, basically, the video games that players plan to buy next. The number one video game that they're going to buy, and this uh, goes out to a shout out here to Brad is of course of Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare 4 Call of Duty John before and you continue I believe if I read on um, yeah is it today Sydney's birthday by the way on Facebook <laughs> yes, according to that yes it is it says today's your birthday, birthday Sydney. I forgot Good, to mention that thank you you must be a Facebook friend that's why I'm yes, not I so am. Safe, I, but I knew it was her birthday it's all about the ladies my friend <laughs> you're working crowd. happy so, birthday to Sydney, Sydney. Happy birthday! Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, she would kill us if we didn't if we didn't say anything. Well, like so we can live at another day. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Number one video game is uh, Call uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Four. Second uh, video that people are most likely going to buy next is New Super Mario Brothers W Two. And the third one, this is, I thought you guys would get this in particular, you, Kev, because it's, um, it's out there so much, would be Madden and NFL 10. Those are still popular. Ah, that's right. And so, um, you know, it also goes on to Final Fantasy uh, 13, Bioshock 2, Mass Effect 2, God of War 3, Assassin's Creed 2, and The Sims 3. Kevin, what do you think number 10 was? And I will give you... Um, a hint. It is uh, it is named after one of the most popular movies to come out recently. Avatar. Absolutely correct. Yes. Wow. Right. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, Brasco. If you'll um, if you'll go ahead and forward to me our winners, we'll get an inbox radio hat. We're just getting ready to print uh, a new edition of the inbox radio hats. So we'll get those out to you. Hey, Kevin. Great show. Thanks so much for for being oh, on. Absolutely. Did you really John, thanks great so much. I'm sorry, I missed today. that one question. I had. Uh, and an affiliate question I had to answer. My apologies. Oh, I'm sorry. What did you say? Oh, I said sorry. I missed that one question. I was still talking about one thing when we moved to the other one. I had an affiliate that I was dealing with because obviously, as we're doing the show, I'm still dealing with a bunch of different people. <laughs> so it makes <laughs> makes for a lot of fun. Well, great. Well, hey, as again, as always, I want to thank Brasco. You did a great job for us. And, of course, Inbox Radio can be heard live at uh, webmasterradio.fm, and that can be uh, heard live every uh, Tuesday, and that's 2 o'clock Pacific Standard Time or 5 Wednesday. o'clock if you're on the show. Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. <laughs> John, did you hit the mini bar again? <laughs> Hey, you guys treat me well in the studio, man. So that's right. It's live every Wednesday, Thank 2 you. o'clock on the Pacific uh, Coast, and, of course, 5 o'clock if you're on the East Coast. And you, of course, can go to inboxradio.com, and you can uh, listen to the Inbox on, uh, on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, and, of course, all the show archives. This will be our 35th show. We've got 34 of them up there right now, and they got those hot officers. So for Kevin DiVincenzi, the click father, for Brasco uh, working the ones and twos, and for Anthony Alves in our studio here, I want to thank all of our great guests for being with us here. And if you did tuned in late, you'll want to make sure you check in with them. For Inbox Radio, I am the Big Fabu. I'm John Fondy. We will see you next week. Make it a great week, and uh, hey. Winter's almost gone. This has been John Fondi at InboxRadio.com.